to the four-part teaching series, Understanding Healing, featuring Yvonne Atiyah. In this series, you'll get the biblical view for healing, as well as how it aligns with Jesus' work on the cross. And now, here's your host, Jeff Tharp. Hey, uh, welcome to Elijah Fire, everybody. Today is Wednesday. So uh, this is part three of four of Understanding Your Healing, or Understanding Healing, featuring Yvonne Atiyah. And it's just been absolutely amazing, you guys. I, I, I love a deep dive into scripture. I love stories. I love, uh, you know, all kinds of different perspectives. And Vaughn always brings that in spades every single time that she's on Elijah Fire or on Elijah Streams. Um, and so I just have been, I've been just soaking all this up and it's just dense with stuff. It's like one of those where you just got to keep going. You, got, you, you can go back and listen to an episode and get new things. And um, that's what happens, man. That's what happens when you take scripture and you really just like, pepper it throughout man um because scripture's deep uh so and it's alive and it's living i think that's all i want to just jump right in because we got a lot of ground to cover it's going to be a dense episode um so my guest today she's an author she's a teacher a very gifted teacher she's also the founder of celebrate freedom ministries let's give it up for my guest today avon atia Great. Welcome back to the show. Part three of four. We are cruising, Yvonne. Yes. We yes, are cruising. So part one, we talked about really about um, the foundations of, you know, biblical healing and that understanding you brought in the Eastern and the Western perspectives. Part two was about, is it God's will to heal? And also is divine healing in the atonement of Christ? So what are we going to be talking about today on part three? Okay, so part three, we're going to be hitting a hindrance. And Jeff, we've been doing this. I've been doing this for 13 years. And this, what we're going to talk about today has been a major wow. hindrance in the body of Christ. Okay. And what is it? It's Paul's thorn in the flesh. Mm. Every time we've prayed for, well, many times we've prayed for people and they don't get healed. The common understanding is this. Well, God did not heal the Apostle Paul. So they will tell me, Yvonne, Paul was sick. He's an apostle. He went to God and he said, God, I'm sick. I have a thorn in the flesh. Could you take it away? And God said to him, no, my grace is sufficient in your weakness. So God, this is the common understanding, allowed the Apostle Paul to get sick and said to him that this sickness is going to keep you from being proud. So yeah. I've I, said it myself, Yvonne, guilty <laughs> as charged. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Definitely said in the past. So, well, I tell you something, um, Jeff, Jesus said this, he said, you will know the truth. Mm -hmm. And he said, the truth will set you free. And I just believe that this episode will be one of those episodes where many of our beloved viewers will be like, wow, like I did not even know this. And the moment this wow comes, this is when healing takes place. It's awesome. when we connect with the truth. Because what's the point if I'm praying for you, but in your heart, you're like, no, Yvonne, God really wants the sickness to keep me humble. You won't receive. But the moment you believe, then this wall comes down. 
So I want to start by Ephesians 1.18, where the Apostle Paul is praying this beautiful prayer. And he said to the church, he said that I pray for the eyes of your understanding to be enlightened. So we need to understand that the Apostle Paul in this special prayer is not praying for the church to receive anything new. He is praying so that their eyes are open to understand what Christ has done for them and to receive what Christ has done for them. So let me begin um, with the problematic passage, and I'm going to call it problematic, and we're going to unpack it today, and we're going to see a lot of truth. So let's dive right into it. So the problematic passage is actually 2 Corinthians chapter 12. It is from verse 7 to 10, three verses that I want to read. So before that, the apostle Paul has had all those amazing encounters, was persecuted by the church, um, and then he visits the third heaven, and he says this. He said, even though I've received such wonderful revelation from God, so to keep me from becoming proud, I was given a thorn in my flesh, a messenger of Satan to torment me and keep me from not becoming proud. Three times I begged the Lord to take it away. Each time I said, my grace is all you need. Each time he said, my grace is all you need. My power works best in weakness. So now I'm glad to boast about my weakness so that the power of Christ can work through me. That is why I take pleasure in my weaknesses, in the insults, the hardships, persecutions, and trouble that I suffer for Christ. When I am weak, I am actually strong. So this is the problematic passage, and we're going to unpack a lot of it. So number one, Jeff, what I really want to explain is the first thing. Let's just ask ourselves a very common question. Where did the thorn in the flesh come from? That Mm. That is question number one. And the Bible tells us here in verses seven, I was given a thorn in my flesh, a messenger from Satan to torment me and keep me proud. In other words, the right answer is Satan. Satan was the cause of this, whatever it is. We still don't know what it is. We know it's a a thorn in the flesh. We don't know if it's a sickness. We don't know if it's persecution. Let's for now just call it, it's this thing that we're still trying to figure out. But whatever it is, who gave it to the apostle Paul? It was Satan. So are we now trying to say, that God works with Satan to make us proud, to make us humble. Yeah, because that's the, that's even, and we'll talk about this next time, but that's even the, the mix up with Job as well, you know, so. Absolutely. Yeah. That is the mix up with Job. So in Matthew 12, 25, Jesus clearly stated that a kingdom, if divided, will collapse. So how can God be divided and be working with Satan so that he can make the apostle Paul humble? It doesn't make sense. So we straight away know from looking at this passage that there's something that doesn't sit right. The next thing I really want to highlight is what is the biblical understanding of the term born in the flesh? 
So I want to highlight that. The Bible always explains the Bible. So when I'm trying to um, try and define a term, I need to look where else has it been used in scripture and what does it refer to? So if I am taking the viewers on this journey, so I'm not straight away saying to you, that's what it is. Let's go together on a journey. So the first mention of the word thorn in the flesh is mentioned in Numbers chapter 33 and verses 50. And the Bible says that the Lord spoke to Moses. So Moses led God's people out of Egypt. Right now, in that chapter, they are camped in the place of Moab, uh, of Moab. And they are about to cross the Jordan River. And God begins to speak to Moses and give him instruction for the people. And he said this to them. He said, but if you do not drive out the inhabitants of the land before you, then it shall be that those who will remain will become irritants in your eyes and thorns in your sides. Mm. So, so the word thorn in the flesh never referred to sickness or disease. It always referred to people and persecution. And you get to see that God's telling Moses, you're about to enter the promised land. There are other nations. You are to drive them out. Because if you don't, as time go by, they will become, to, they will torment you. They will, and that's what really happened. They ended up not driving out those inhabitants. They ended up marrying from them. They introduced them to idolatry. And that was why the people of Israel were exiled. That is the purpose. Why? Because they did not do what God was telling them to do. Let's check another verse. In the book of Joshua, they had already crossed the land and they didn't drive the inhabitants. They tried, but not all the inhabitants were driven out of the land. And now Joshua is addressing the people. And so in Joshua chapter 23 and verses 13, it says this, Know for certain that the Lord your God will no longer drive out those nations before you but they shall be snares and traps to you and they will be thorns in your eyes until you perish from this good land that the Lord your God has given you. So there's two Bible verses which clarify to us that the terminology which the apostle Paul used is actually referring to persecution by people. It does not refer to sickness hmm. or disease in well, any way. And Paul was a Jew, so he would he he knew he knew the Old Testament very well. And back then, that was the only written you know thing. Uh, but uh, so he would use that terminology. Absolutely. Makes sense. Yeah. You know what you hit the nail on the head, Jeff, because the Apostle Paul was a Pharisee and he was educated at the feet of Gamaliel. He knew the scriptures. So it's very much like you are today speaking to a mature Christian or someone that's been in the church and they're using the church jargon. You know, we have a lot of church jargon. Like when, you know, I can talk to you about sanctification and justification and redemption and, the, you know, the doctrine of soteriology or the doctrine of pneumatology. You know, that's the doctrine of the Holy Spirit or eschatology and uh, end of times. Now, I know those terms because I'm a Bible scholar. 
Right. But if I was to speak to an ordinary person, that have no idea. Yeah, I got I got most of those. Not all. Of them. <laughs> I try and not use them because they're complex and you know, mm -hmm. the, the simpler you are, the better people obviously connect with you. But you mm -hmm. got to understand that the apostle Paul was I he was a theologian. He really was. He was educated at the feet of Gamaliel. So for him to say, hey, there's a thorn in my flesh, people knew, his hearers knew he was not speaking about sickness and disease. And later on, I'm going to show you a passage in scripture where he was physically sick. So it's not that I am defending his position. It's that when he was sick, he told us he was sick. But in that special problematic verse, when I think he was sick, God gave him the sickness, God allowed the sickness, and then God did want to heal him because God was humbling him. Well, to start with, the messenger was Satan, so God's not going to work with Satan. Number two, the thorn in the flesh never in scripture refers to sickness or disease. It always refers to people or a person, mm. and it always refers to persecution. And we've got to understand that the Apostle Paul was heavily persecuted. Oh, yeah. Um, I mean, I only stated seven in my notes, but there was actually more than 20 plus incidents. And I'm going to go through them later. But he rocks up to, you know, he, the, the sorcerer, Elnis the sorcerer. He persecutes him. He goes to Antioch, Pisidia. He is persecuted. Iconium, he is persecuted. Lystra and Derby, he is persecuted. So he has had enough of the persecution. And he's crying out to God and he's saying, God, could you take this away? It's a thorn in my flesh, God. Could you take this away? But the thing is, why did God say no or God did not? And this is the reason. When Paul was called to ministry, part of the call you sign up with if you, if, and this is not for the Apostle Paul, this is for all of us. Hello, if you are called to ministry, you're going to go through the fire. Mm -hmm. There's no two way about it because you immediately become a target for the enemy. Mm -hmm. So when the Apostle Paul was called, God, well, the Lord came to um, Ananias and said this to him in Acts 9.15. He said to him, go. This man is a chosen instrument to proclaim my name to the Gentiles and to their kings. I will show him how much he must suffer for my sake. So that means when the Apostle Paul said, yes, Lord, send me, he signed up to the persecution. Yep. And let's be real, um, Jeff, I'm not going to preach a hyper grace message. Yeah. It's and, and that's a thing. I remember Catherine Coleman said this. What is the anointing going to cost you? Everything. It, it really will. Because you become a target to the enemy. The thing is, in his case, he said yes to God. And that was part of his calling. And the Bible says, I will show him how to suffer for my name. It says, so Ananias went, and you got to remember, Paul became blind on the road to Damascus. It wasn't his blindness that was giving glory to Jesus. And many people are like, you know, I'm just giving, you know, glory to Jesus through this sickness. There's no glory to Jesus mm. in sickness. 
And, the, and how do you prove that? Ananias healed his eye. The Bible says that he placed his hands on his eye and said to him, Brother Saul, the Lord Jesus who appeared to you on the road has, um, has sent me so that you may see again and be filled with the Holy Spirit. In other words, I'm here to heal you and you're going to be filled with the Holy Spirit. But what you said yes to was the persecution. So when the Apostle Paul is saying to the Lord, take away the thorn in the flesh, he is asking God to remove something that he had already said yes to. <laughs> if I had a dollar for every single time I've done that, Yvonne. <laughs> I mean, both the rich people. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. And the Apostle Paul's being real. Come on. Yeah. Like, he's just being so yeah. real. It's those prayers that we've all prayed. It's just like, Lord, you know, I remember, Jeff, the first time God called me into ministry. And I had I didn't know anybody. And I said to my husband, Mina, let's open up our house for prayer. Because I didn't know anybody and I was not in that context of a pastor, mm -hmm. I just invited family members. I said, you know, just come. Let's just, and they're like, she's weird. Like we used to go to her house to have dinner, you know, but not to pray. She's asking us to pray. And I said to them, I'm going to cook for you. Um, and then that day, one by one, they spoke ill of us because they're wow. like, what is wrong with these people? Because in the Orthodox tradition, you pray in church. You go to church on Sunday mass and you pray. But that's the only time you pray. There's no relationship with God. Throughout mm -hmm. the week, you socialize. And we're telling them this is going to be a prayer meeting that I understand. Well, one by one, would send us a message after I had cooked and tell, tell us we're not going. So I felt, and that was nothing compared to what came later. Like later on, as time went by, I remember we had a healing service and they were unhappy because we were praying for the sick. And they basically said this to us. These were close friends from the Orthodox Church. Only the Orthodox priest is allowed to lay hands and pray for the sick. You're a woman. You are not allowed to do that. So wow. they said, if you really want to do that, can you do that in a separate room? Can we? And me and Mina said, no, we were called to pray and heal the sick. We're going to do this in the main service. So after we hired the hall, send out invitations. People are going to the hall. The core team came together and sent us a message one by one, resigning from the ministry. And I remember sitting in my room and weeping, saying yeah. to God, what am I going to do now? I've got no ushers. I've got no one to see the people. I've got nothing. They all resigned. And the Lord said this to me. It's part of the call. Get used to it. It's yeah. going to keep on happening. It's not going to go away. I called you. And he said this to me. He said, Yvonne, I stopped for the one. Would you do the same? Hmm. He said to me, do you think one person will come to your meeting tonight? And I said, I think so, Lord. And he said to me, go for the one. And I remember, Jeff, that day we had over 300 people. The small hall was packed. The glory of God fell on. It was just amazing. Before we prayed for healing, people were already getting healed. So what hurt me the most was the persecution of the core team who could not understand how the kingdom of God would operate through ordinary people. Hmm. 
So you can understand the Apostle Paul and how much persecution he endured. You can understand how his family looked at him. He was a traitor. Thanks for listening. The Elijah Fire podcast is made possible by donations like yours. To become a partner, visit ElijahFire.com slash give. He He used to be someone who persecuted the Church of Christ. He used to be someone who would be on the road taking letters to the governor to make sure that Christians die. When Stephen was being executed, he was sitting there minding his clothes. And God picks him so you can understand he's just entered the fire from the religious leaders, from everyone he knew, from everything he ever knew. And in this case, he's tired. He's saying to God, God, it's like a thorn in my flesh. I'm dying. I cannot take this anymore. And God is saying to him, Paul, you said yes to this. You cannot separate the persecution from the call. But the actual word that really bothers a lot of people is the word weakness. This is where a lot of the time people get confused. He says this, 2 Corinthians 12 verse 8. Three times I begged the Lord to take it away. Each time he said, my grace is all you need. My power works best in weakness. So what people say is like, okay, there you go. He had a weakness. The actual Greek word used in this particular context is not sickness or disease. There's many meanings for the word weakness. It can mean sickness and disease, but that was used in Galatians 4. Hmm. But in this passage, it's weakness in strength. So the actual word says this. It says that feebleness of body or mind, frailty. In other words, he's just feeling tired. God, I'm so tired. Take away this persecutions. But what tells you that none of them is actually diseased is when he lists them. He said this, I take pleasure in the insults. Where is the, 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 there's no illness here. Hardships, persecutions, and troubles. So the actual four that he unpacks what he means by weakness, we don't get to see that I'm tired because of my sickness. We don't see I'm tired because of my disease. He actually says to us, I am tired because of the insults, because of the hardships, because of the persecutions and the troubles. Mm. So it's laid out super clear for those who really want to dig deep into the word, pick the word weakness and go to a concordance and see what does this mean in this passage and you will see that it has nothing to do with sickness or disease or infirmity he's referring to god i'm just really tired Mm -hmm. can you take this away and the good news is gonna come later but the passage where galatians 4 he was actually sick and he tells us he says this in verses 13 to 15 he says this as you know It was because of an illness that I first preached the gospel to you. And even though my illness was a trial to you, you did not treat me with contempt or scorn. Instead, you welcomed me as if I were an angel of the Lord. So 
Why am I reading Galatians 4? Because I'm not presenting a one-side gospel. The apostle Paul was sick. And even if you're in a healing ministry, you are prone to sickness and disease. It's part of a fallen world. So we're not saying that he never got sick. We're not. No, he did. Um, he even said to Timothy, you know, he, Timothy had a, um, a condition in his stomach. And he said to him, if you wanted to drink a little bit of wine for the condition that you have in your stomach, it's okay by me. In other words, sickness and disease could happen. So we're not against that. But what we're against was the false doctrine of 2 Corinthians 12, where God allowed the sickness, God gave it to him, he prayed three times to be healed, God said no, therefore sickness and disease humble me. And therefore I identify with them because they humble me. And unless we reject them and eject them and repent of this Mm -hmm. thought, then healing is going to be hard because God respects my yes. Hmm. Yeah, that's a this is a huge one because that whole mentality, um, being improperly aligned in our understanding of it, has uh, infiltrated into a lot of the church. I was even taught that in church, and it took a while for me to realize. I don't think this is biblical. Like, I don't, I don't think this is biblical, you know, but like it, it took me, uh, I mean, that was a, that was a revelation from, from the Lord for sure. Because, um, I think it also stems from like, it can be a lot of different things, but you know, I talked about this before, but our, our human desire to like put an answer to something we want to understand, we want to know, because if we understand and we know, then we can move on to the next thing, or we can at least grab a hold of this. Well, God doesn't, he doesn't really work that way. And, um, and so I do feel like we've taken that, this passage and we go, ah, there it is. Okay. That's why you didn't get healed when I prayed for you, or that's why I didn't get healed when I went up for healing or whatever it could be. Yep. Yep. Absolutely. Jeff, you know, I heard someone say something really cool. He said, if you receive a parcel in the mail and you know, it doesn't belong to you, you, you just know at the back of it, there's always send back to the sender. And you just say, that's not really mine. And you just Mm -hmm. send it back. And he said, it's the same with sickness and disease. You don't accept a parcel that's not from God. Mm. You just have to look at it and say, send back to sender. It's not mine. Yeah. You know, and so we need to have that mentality because everyone who got healed, they dare to think differently. So if you want to receive your healing, This is God saying, I've paid for this healing on the cross. And we covered that last episode, that healing is in the cross of Jesus Christ. But if I'm not receiving it, it's all those, what I call them, strongholds. Mm -hmm. What's a stronghold? It's a wrong thinking pattern. Mm -hmm. It's a thought that I believed and I built a theology around this thought. And now it's hindering me from actually receiving what God has for me. And the other thing, you know what, um, Jeff, I don't want to be cheeky, but you know what? Let me be that for two seconds. Yeah. All right. The Apostle Paul said, because of the abundance of revelation, this guy was going to the third heaven for God's sake. So because of the abundance of revelation, this happened to me. Those people that are saying this now, do they have abundance of revelation? Yeah, no. 
<laughs> no, <laughs> typically not. I certainly didn't when I was saying that. So right? you know. <laughs> that's what I'm saying. Yeah. Like this is the Apostle Paul. Man, he's going to the third heaven. He's so impacted. He doesn't know how to put it into speech. He's just saying, I saw things that I can't even, I don't even have words for. And there's abundance of revelation. He even said to the church, the gospel I received, I did not receive it from any human figure. I received it from God himself. So you could see that even those people that are like, oh, God's trying to keep me um, humble, which God would never use sickness and disease to keep you humble. Mm. Um, God would use other means to keep you humble because yeah. humility is so important in the Christian walk. Yes, but he said that happened to me because there was abundance of revelation. Those people that are saying that have never visited heaven once. So what abundance in revelation do you have to be humbled? Right. Yeah. Does it does it make sense? Yeah, it absolutely makes sense. Absolutely. <laughs> so well, and the thing I love about this passage, though, um, is uh, and just all the scriptural backing that you provided as as context for even Paul's understanding being a Pharisee, you know, and that he would know the scriptures and that he would be referencing something like this. That was something that really stood out to me, even when I was reading, um, not saying that Paul wrote Hebrews, there's a lot of debate about it, obviously, but, um, but just, I mean, how much, I mean, just little phrases from, from Psalms that I was, I would just like go past. And there's this re revelation from the Holy spirit of like all this can, it's all connected. They know, they know the scriptures really well, but, Going back to what I was going to say, this actually like humanizes Paul because it's easy for us to look at, you know, oh, Paul was stoned outside of a city and then he like gets up and, and, and he's like, whoa, you know, um, but hearing actually looking at it with the context of like, he's like, this is hard. God, please. Like it just to me, it's like. It, it humanizes him more and realizing like, cause you can look at something that Paul did and go, well, he's a superhero. There's no way I'm going to attain, attain that. Jesus is a superhero. No, way I'm going to attain that Peter, all these people, but all of them, I mean, all of these people besides Jesus were, had flaws, you know, that they were, they were uh, going through the process of sanctification, just like every single one of us. Yes, so. Absolutely. And, and Jeff, you know what? I just feel and I hope I can say that right, that in the Western world, whether it's America or it's Australia, we are, well, we are blessed that it's okay for us to be Christians and that we have programs that talk about Jesus. Yeah. I come from places where you could be literally executed for sharing the gospel. Yeah. So we are super blessed. Now, the Apostle Paul was heavily, heavily, heavily. It's a, it's a level of persecution that the Western church does not know about. Yeah, and we'll probably, a lot of us are never going to know. Exactly, yeah. exactly. You think about this, he ended up being martyred for Jesus. Mm -hmm. So he, he, we are following a savior who was, you know, hung on a cross and died for our sins. But then his CEO, which is, let's say that was Peter, for example. What happened to his CEO? He lost his life. What happened to all of them? What happened to James? Lost his life. So what is the Apostle Paul thinking? I'm going to lose my life. He knew that that was going to happen. And he said to them, for me to live is Christ, but to die 
it's a game. He knew. He knew that this was going to happen. So now ministries are different. People are in ministry, obviously, to become famous, to get the glory. All of that is attached to it. But what if you actually find out that this is going to end up where you're going to lose your head? That is real in many, many parts of the world. Mm -hmm. You know, you're talking about Iran. Yeah. You're talking about Iraq. You're talking about, my God, Saudi. You're talking about these places where if you were caught with a Bible, you're done. If you were caught preaching the gospel, these are primarily Muslim countries. So you got to understand the Apostle Paul was under a level of persecution that us as Westerners do not get. We do not understand. So it's so natural for him to go to God and say, God, it's a thorn in my flesh. Take it away. But I'm going to share soon the new revelation that he's going to get in persecution. And it's going to make every Christian say, okay, this is hard, but bring it on, Lord. Because with every persecution, there's glory. With every persecution, you get to see a new um, perspective, an image of the God who is able to walk through the fire and grab you out. If it was not for the persecution, you would not know how strong your God is. So it's not to scare us, but it's to help us understand what was actually happening. So if I was to keep on moving, I want to say that, Jeff, whenever we speak from the Bible, we need to understand this. Context is everything. Mm. And how many people, they take a verse out of context and they'll make, blow it up. We can't do that. We've yeah. got to respect that whenever we, we read the word of God, we got to read this word of God in context. The Holy Spirit can definitely breathe on that verse and, and it will speak to us today. But it doesn't mean that we ignore context. Yeah. So what was actually happening in Paul's world in this verse? To understand what was going on, we're going to have to rewind two chapters. Okay. So the conversations actually picked up in 2 Corinthians chapter 10, not in 2 Corinthians chapter 12. In 12, he's winding down. But 2 Corinthians chapter 12, 10, the apostle Paul is hurt. Why? Because the church of Corinth had a change of heart towards him. They used to love him. They used to really um, look up to him. Now they are bitter. They are very reproachful. And they're comparing him to what he calls the super apostles. So he, they're comparing him to Peter and to John. That's, that's who they're comparing him to. And so they are, this is the thing, challenging his authority as an apostle. They're saying to him that Peter and John, they saw Jesus. They sat with Jesus. Jesus laid hands on them. But who are you? You never even saw Jesus. And then they began to be very hurtful. They said this to him in chapter 10 of verse 10, 2 Corinthians. For some say, he's saying this to them that Paul's letters are demanding and they are forceful, but in person, he's weak. Here we get to see the word weak again. Mm -hmm. And his speech is worthless. I am blown away. Like until today, people are getting saved all over the world because of the epistles. And those people, they're saying to him that you're weak 
and your epistles are worthless. So he is beside himself. He's so upset. He's so hurt. And then they say to him this in the second chapter, second Corinthians chapter 11, verses five and six. He said to them, but I don't consider myself inferior in any way to the super apostles. So what were they saying? That you are inferior to them. And then he said, I may be unskilled as a speaker, but I'm not lacking in knowledge. I cannot imagine that this is, that they said this about the apostles. I know. <laughs> yeah. Like the one who said, if anyone's in Christ, they're a new creation. You know, the one who said, I died to myself. I was crucified with Christ. I no longer live. They said to him, you're an unskilled speaker. So if, and people, young people hearing me right now, if you're preaching the gospel and people tell you, you're not a speaker, quote this to them. Just, yeah. I'm going to preach in season and out of season. If this was said to the Apostle Paul, that gives me a lot of encouragement. Yeah. But this is his defense. He said this to them, Jeff. He's saying to them in 2 Corinthians 11, that's all before that problematic passage. I want to read it out. He said, are they Hebrews? So am I. Are they Israelites? That's the super apostles. So am I. Are they descendants of Abraham? So am I. He said, are they servants of Christ? I know I sound like a madman, but I have served him far more. I have worked harder. I've been put in prison. I have been whipped a number of times. I face death. I want, why am I reading them out? Because I want everyone to hear that he does not at any stage mention sickness or disease. He hmm. said five times, the Jewish leaders gave me 39 lashes. He said, three times I was beaten with rods. Once I was stoned. Three times I was shipwrecked. Once I spent the whole night at sea. I have traveled on so many long journeys. I faced danger from rivers and robbers. I faced danger from my own people, the Jews and the Gentiles. I faced danger in cities, in the deserts, on the sea. I faced danger from men who claim to believe that, that they are believers, but they are not. Are we hearing sickness or disease in the list? But you can understand why am I reading this? Because this is the context or the chapter before 2 Corinthians 12. And then he's saying to them, with all this, God, I am, you are calling me. I'm not a super apostle. I did not see Jesus. I am weak. But let me tell you, I went to the third heaven. And I saw what no one was able to see. And then he begins to say, I said to the Lord, take away the thorn. Mm -hmm. And the Lord said, Paul, I'm not going to take it away. It's part of your call, but I have the greatest news for you. And he's like, what God? He said, I've got something. It's called grace. It's called divine enablement. It's going to get you over any persecutions and you will continue on with the call. And so he said, if that's the case, if you are going to promise me that enabling grace, let it come, Lord. Let it come. And then he says, therefore, I rejoice 
in the hardships, in the insults, in the persecution. Let it come, Lord, because now I know that your enabling grace is enough in my weakness. It perfects my weakness. So the revelation, this is a new revelation he's sharing, that you don't pray and say to God, remove the persecution. You pray for grace. Help Elijah Fire continue to make an impact around the world. All donations go toward making Elijah Fire and the Elijah Fire podcast possible. Visit ElijahFire.com slash give and become a partner today. You say, God, I'm going through this situation and I just need grace. Pour out your grace. And that is God's supernatural enabling power to get me to do what I cannot do in the natural. So he discovered this treasure he did, and he's telling the people, let it come. Do I care about persecutions or hardships? I've gone through it all. Now I have access to that grace that God wants to give me. <laughs> oh, uh, I'm seeing people in the chat are wanting to know what translation. That one was New King James. There is a little bit of NIV sprinkled in here too, but the majority of it is New King James. So there yes. you go, people. Yeah, I, I stuck to the New King James just so that we can all be on the same um, on the same chat or the same mindset. It's the easiest one and the most accurate one. There's other translations that are more contextual, but the New King James is more literal. So now mm. because the argument is over words and context, let's all be in the same um, mind frame. Yeah. But what's amazing, um, Jeff, and that's the next revelation, is this. In the Old Testament, God always exalted his leaders in the eyes of the people. And when God exalted Joshua, when God exalted Moses, the people believed. Mm -hmm. So let me read you a verse and I'll tell you why I'm saying this. Joshua 3, 7. And the Lord said to Joshua, this day, I will begin to exalt you in the sight of all Israel, that they may know that as I was with Moses, I am going to be with you. Let me say another verse, how God exalts his people. Acts 5, 13. Yet none of the rest joined them. That's the apostles. But the people esteemed them highly. So what does God, now that's going to put the passage into context. What does God do? God, naturally speaking, exalts his people. So what is the apostle Paul saying? Paul was not fearful from the abundance of revelation. That wasn't scaring him and making him proud. It wasn't that. The thorn in the flesh came from Satan in order not to exalt Paul in the eyes of the people. Hmm. So I'm going to say that again. God normally exalts his people. So people are like, wow, when Moses, when, sorry, Joshua opened up the Jordan River, the people were like, wow, God has to be with him because look at what he did. So Mm -hmm. he exalted him. The apostle Paul saying that Satan inflicted the persecution, made people hate me, kick me out because he did not want me to be exalted in the eyes of the believers Mm. lest they believe. Yeah. How deep is that? That's super deep. (laughs) Yeah. I'm like, I'm chewing on that right now. (laughs) And that's the way 
you think about Jesus, um, when Jesus rose up from the heavens, and we obviously, the, the doctrine of the resurrection is foundational to any Christian. Mm -hmm. And what does the apostle Peter say? He said, this Jesus that you see, God exalted him. He exalted him by raising him up from the dead. Now that we know that Jesus has been exalted, we as believers believe in him. God exalted all his leaders. He exalted David. He exalted. So the apostle Paul saying that Satan was the one, the messenger of Satan came and caused those people to rebel against me so that, because if that didn't happen, then the people were going to see, for example, think about act 13, Paul goes to the governor of the city and the governor is really interested in what Paul has to say. And the governor says to Paul, I want to hear what you have to say, but that ill niece, the sorcerer, what did he do? He caused trouble. And as a result, Paul ended up leaving the city. So Paul saying that everywhere I go, Satan sends those messengers, whether they're demonic demons or they stir up the people or they, you know, whatever they do, but they're causing a lot of persecution so that I am not exalted in the eyes of the people in that city, lest they believe. Hmm. The thing is, what is actually so amazing is the Lord says to him, Paul, don't worry. I've got you. I called you. I appointed you. Don't you worry. Persecution will be part of your call. You said yes to it. When I called you, you said yes to it. When Ananias explained to you what's about to happen, you said yes to it. So you can't quit now. So you've got to keep on going. But the greatest news is my grace. I don't want you to worry. And so Paul gets it. And this is so amazing because yeah, it's really good. So amazing. Yeah. He goes this, Jeff. I was I was reading this before the show. I have to tell you, I started crying. Because mm. he said this. He said, I only know that in every city, the Holy Spirit warns me that prison and hardships are facing me. However, I consider my life to be worth nothing to me. My only aim is to finish the race and complete the task that the Lord Jesus had given me, the task of testifying to the good news of God's grace. Mm -hmm. In Acts 14, 22, he says this, he's strengthening the disciples. He said, strengthening the souls of the disciples, exhorting them to continue in the faith and saying, we must, through many tribulations, enter the kingdom of God. Mm. So good. <laughs> yeah. Um, okay. So, Yvonne, what now that we know this about uh, that passage in Second Corinthians, um, the thorn in the side? What is the correct? What is the correct response if we, rather than taking this and just defaulting to? Oh, okay. Oh, it's a, it's just a thorn in the side. God's doing this to keep me humble. He's keeping me sick to keep me humble. And even saying that out loud, realizing all the times that I said that in the past or something like that, I'm like, man, like it's not, no, no. Um, what is the, what is the correct response then? If I don't get healed rather than defaulting to grabbing a hold of this false 
teaching. It's a false teaching. This whole thorn in the side, God keeping you sick to keep you humble. It's a false teaching. Um, uh, what's the appropriate response then? Yeah. So I tell you what, Jeff, the appropriate response begins in my heart. Mm -hmm. I always say this to the Lord. If everyone around me, if, if I ever get sick or if, ever, or, or if someone never gets um, healed, it will never change your character and nature in how I view you. Mm -hmm. So the thing is, sickness and disease are part of everyday life. Yep. Jesus provided the solution. Now, there is, and that's another big topic, but there's always the kingdom now and the kingdom not yet. So the kingdom of God, in other words, the healing power of God came to this planet when Jesus came and died on the cross for our sins. But the complete work of the kingdom will take place when Jesus comes back. That's when Jesus comes as king and banishes all sickness and all disease. We are now in the now and the not yet in, of the kingdom. So we're in this limbo. We're in this place where healing is there, but sometimes it doesn't happen and we don't understand why. So we are on a journey. And that is why what I love to propose to our wonderful viewers is let's do healing. Let's not just say, what is doing healing? You know, it's like when someone, for example, in the, in the area of medicine, you know what they call them? They say general practitioner. They're practicing. They're general because honestly, no matter how long you've been in medicine for, you don't know all the diseases and all mm -hmm. that. So even if you are a doctor for 50 years, until you die, guess what? You're going to be practicing. Practicing mm -hmm. medicine. Practicing on people, Jeff. You, you see yeah. what? Like that. Yeah. So as believers, we are practitioners with the Lord. In other words, we're doing healing. Yeah. So what does that mean? As, as long as we get rid of um, strongholds, wrong thinking pattern, as long as on a journey, I know that many people will be set free hearing this today. Mm -hmm. So a wall will, will, will just fall down. And all of a sudden, there's going to be something that will rise up on the inside of you thinking, man, I believe that that's not right anymore. So I want to repent. And that is the thing. What does the word repent means? I'm not talking. You could be thinking, Yvonne, you know, I'm not taking drugs. I'm not taking. It's not that. That's not what I'm referring to. Absolutely. If you're taking drugs, there's always a way to repent. Yeah. But I'm talking about genuine believers who love Jesus. And you have believed this. What is repentance? Repentance is called matanya. What does matanya mean? returning from the way you're going in a direction and now you're going to take a u-turn and you start walking back from that is what it is it is changing the way of thinking at the beginning of mark's gospel mark says this he opens up with this repent for what mark what am i meant to repent? for the kingdom of god is at hand in other words Jesus is here, everyone, the long-awaited Messiah who's going to banish sickness and disease and deliver the people. He's here. So repent. Stop thinking that that's not your portion. Stop thinking that's not your inheritance. Stop thinking that God doesn't want to heal you or that God allowed this sickness. And from this week, um, Jeff, until next week, I'd love to give our viewers a little bit of a homework. Okay. Do a little bit of a research. You will find something. Try and find in the New Testament 
if the word God aloud has ever been mentioned. Okay. And I'm not going to say anything until next week because we've created the doctrine. We're repeating the doctrine and the challenge to us as believers, never repeat a phrase Jesus never said. Never. Mm. Just don't because he is the author. He's the one who wrote the book, guys. Why yeah. adding the, the book of Revelation gives strong punishment to those who add to the book or subtract. So we need to look at the author. It's almost like this is the book he, he wrote. So he where does it say that God allowed something to happen? And then we will go on teaching on, on Job next week. But in this meantime, Jeff, the answer to your question is that I've got to change the way I think. And mm. this is where the miracle will happen. I love how a couple of people send testimonials. And they said, even before she prayed, I got healed. What does that mean? They're expecting something to happen. Yeah, come on. When you change the way you think, when you come and say, Lord, I'm so sorry. For so many years, my denomination or my church or my pastor, they taught me that you allow sickness, that, you know, that I and I need to be humbled. The thing is, what is being humbled? How do you become humbled? You join yourself to Jesus. The Bible says you become one with him. Jesus is the most humble. Philippians 2, 7, it said that he bound himself. He emptied himself. He looked like a slave. And he said, therefore, God exalted him. So you become, you walk in union with Jesus. You share in his character. And all of a sudden, his love and his union will make you humble. That's all it is. You begin to serve people. So many people will send an email or a message. And they'll be like, um, I need to speak with you. Can you honestly speak with us? Or do you think, and I'll be like, oh, my God. Jesus called us as New Testament to be foot washers, mm. not celebrities. The mm. moment you think, oh, I'm a celebrity. I was on this show and I was featured in this show. Honestly, you have disqualified yourself. Yep. From God wants to take you. Yeah, you've received your reward in full, basically. Exactly. Yeah. We are foot washers. We are to sit on the floor and we are to sit to wash the feet of his children by loving on them, by being mm. compassionate. And that, honestly, that makes you humble. But the truth is you are humble because you are in Christ Jesus. The apostle Paul said, if you are in Christ Jesus, you're a, a new creation. So if you say, I'm a believer, what is the truth? You're in Christ Jesus. And what is the truth? You are humble. And you do life out of who you are. It's out of who Christ is in you. But God would never use sickness and disease to humble you. Why? Sickness and disease entered the world when sin entered yep. the world. Yeah, when that's, Jesus yeah. paid the price of sickness, he paid the price of, of sin, he paid the price of your disease. So healing begins, Jeff. When I just feel that God wants to heal our mindset. God wants to heal the way we think. It starts here. Yeah. In our bodies. Yeah, and I um I, really quick because I I I'm I'll let you jump into that here in a sec, but I just get this image of like this box that you know a lot of people find themselves in this place, and it's the thorn in the side box. Anytime you can't understand something, you shove it in there. Oh, yes. my aunt didn't get healed from cancer. You know she loved the Lord and served Him diligently. It must have been a thorn in the, thorn in the side to keep her humble. Throw it in the box, you know. And it's this thing that you keep under lock and key. 
where that is how you understand all these different things that happen. And it's an inex it's unaccessible. You made it unaccessible, maybe unintentionally to the Lord. And what God is wanting us to do is to open that box, dump it all, all out on the table. He wants it all out on the table. Um, yep. and, uh, and, and I really believe that when people get that, and I know guys, I know, I know there's some things that in your heart you're feeling even now that you're like, Oh, anything but that, like that was a big one. That was the one that almost broke me. I don't want to touch it again, but if we are, are God is very compassionate. He's very gentle, you know, and he's, uh, he's the right person to, to entrust with something like that, even though it feels like you can't. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. And so, yeah, just take that whole thing and just dump it out on the table, guys. Amen. And, and, you know, Jeff, in saying that there's so many different ways to get healed. One of the, and, and I don't want to sort of tell different ways because I don't want to make a doctrine out of it. But one of the ways which I should speak about is that he sent his word and healed them. So there is healing in the word. And I yep. know many people, they were healed by literally drinking the word, by literally eating the word. How many times do you go and get a whatever, whatever medication that you need to take? And there'll be a label that says you need to take one tablet three times a day. And you're like, you know what? I'm just going to take my morning pill but I'm not going to take lunch and I'm not going to take dinner. Well, guess what? You're not going to get, you're not going to get the effect of whatever, you know, right. medication that you're on. Mm -hmm. It is the same. Now I'm speaking spiritually. I'm not talking about against medication or for medication. That's not my place. But all I'm saying is that with the word of God, I pick up all the healing scriptures, even as you go to sleep at night, get them just playing. Just get your system, mm -hmm. get yourselves to just absorb the healing power of Jesus. You know, if there's someone that's got a healing service, run to that. It's desperation. God sees that. I know yep. I, um, a healing evangelist, he said this to me. He was in Uganda. He was about to do a big healing thing. And this person, he was so sick, but he lived hours away. He had to catch a train for like 12 hours to get to this healing thing. And he said, I'm going, God. And he had an incurable disease. And he told his family, and they, they said to him, you're crazy. How are you going to get on the train? You're so sick. He said to them, I'm getting on the train. He gets on the train. And a couple of hours into the journey, he's healed. <laughs> it was just his faith. It was, that is so cool. Right? It's just his wow. So, so you know what, Jeff? I honestly don't have the formula because Jesus did not give us the formula. I have written a whole chapter in my book about intimacy with God, where Jesus said that if you love me, you know, my word goes in you. If my word abides in you, um, then you ask for anything and it will happen to you. So it comes out of intimacy. There's another verse where it says, if you love me, if you, my father will love you and we will come to you and we will show up. We will show ourselves to you. So healing can come out of intimacy with the Lord, just putting aside everything and just loving on Jesus. It can come by you chewing on the word and eating the word. It can come by you running to someone and saying, could you pray for me? I don't know which it will come. Some people take communion. Some people go to elders and ask, would you anoint me with oil? And when I say elders, um, 
Jeff, I want to clarify. I don't mean old people. Elders, I mean elders who are elders mature in the faith to believe that miracles and healings are for today. Mm -hmm. You don't want to go to an elder that's, you know, I'm not against old people, but you don't want to go to someone just because they're mature in age, but they don't have the faith to believe for you. You want to go mm -hmm. to someone who is believing with you, who this is their doctrine, this is their understanding. Like what you're hearing? Help us continue to make Elijah Fire and the Elijah Fire podcast possible. To get behind this ministry, visit ElijahFire.com slash give. Now, back to the show. So the thing is, the good news is God wants you healed. Mm -hmm. God doesn't want to do it in heaven because so many people, you know, when I go to heaven, you're not going to need it in heaven. When right. you go to heaven, you're not going to, you need the healing now. To complete this journey, as the Apostle Paul said, he said the task, he said the aim is to finish the race and complete the task that the Lord had given me. God doesn't want you to lose your son at the age of 20. He right. doesn't want you to lose your daughter to cancer at the age of 14. He did not send her from heaven to earth so that you bury your child or you bury your brother or your sister. That is not God's heart for you. He is the most compassionate father. And he revealed his real nature through what Jesus did. He preached the kingdom message and healed everyone who needed healing. So healing is a quest. But it begins by me taking a decision in my heart right now, even as you are hearing me. I just feel pressed by the Holy Spirit just to even pray that simple prayer. Just for you to even say that, Father, in the name of Jesus, I break every covenant that I've made with wrong thinking patterns. I break every covenant that I made with the devil. I break every covenant of me believing that this is not your will for me that I'm never going to get healed, that I'm going to die at a young age, that whatever covenant, I don't know what what's a covenant. It's something that it's a statement that you've made unintentionally. It's when you go to the doctor and he's like, you got three months to live. You believe it and you start telling other people that becomes a covenant. Or if you say, I really want to end my life, you've signed the covenant with death. It's as simple as that. And then you say, Father, in the name of King Jesus, I start a new covenant of your healing. I start a new covenant of everything you have with me. I start a new covenant. And the moment you begin to declare that, that you have given God legal authority to begin to help you believe, build your faith, lead you to people, lead you to scriptures. The thing is, you're on a journey. You're on a quest. And you're telling God, Lord, whatever works, but I now believe you. I believe you're for me. You want to see that the test that I'm going through right now becomes a testimony. And the thing is, um, Jeff, is that temptation and tests are different. When a test comes, a test always comes from the Lord because the idea is that you're going to pass it. Mm -hmm. So Abraham was tested by God. Mm -hmm. But a sickness and a disease cannot be a test from God. They're a temptation from the enemy to get you to believe, you know, this is what the enemy is doing right now in the minds of young people and, and everyone, really, confusion. If the enemy can confuse you yeah. about the identity of who God is, mm -hmm. then he leaves you in what Jeff just said, where you have this box sitting there. Whatever's too difficult, it goes into the thorn in the flesh box. Then we have the joy box. 
Then we have, and we have those boxes. But what God wants to do right now is you come and say, Lord, I'm so sorry. Mm-hmm. And it's okay to say, God, I really don't understand healing. And this is, Jeff, I say that in all humility, the more I study healing, and I've been studying for over 13 years, I am a third year student in my doctor of healing. The more I learn, the less I know. <laughs> because you can know God. Yeah. You can know the heart of God. I wish I can say that I know more now than when I started 13 years ago. God blows my mind. In times when there was, when people had zero faith, God healed them. Mm. In times when they were Muslims, God just healed them. In times where I didn't, um, um, and the thing is, we come and say, but you got to pray and you got to fast. When John and Peter went into the temple, the Bible says before they go into the prayer meeting, they healed this man. So they weren't all prayed up, filled with the Holy Spirit. Yeah. They were. The Bible yeah. says they went to attend the regular prayer service, but they hadn't prayed yet. Yet yeah. God healed. So what am I trying to say? Healing is massive. Why is it massive? Because it's God. Who is going to work out God? So we can come and say, God, what we don't know about you is actually a lot more than what we do know. But we mm. do know enough to say that you're loving We know enough to say that you are the God who is my Jehovah Rapha, the God who healed. That's your name. That's your character. You said to me through scripture, you want to heal me. You paid for this on the cross. And today your heart is to heal even through us, you know, looking close at this passage. And here I am, God. I'm ready. Mm, Ready. Move. I give you my body. I offer my body to you as a living sacrifice. And how does that start? That's Romans 12, 2. It says, do not conform to the ways of the world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. What have we done today? It's a renewing of the mind. It's me thinking God wants to humble me. This is from God. And and repeating this type to me thinking, oh my God, this just destroyed everything that I know about the thorn in the flesh. Mm -hmm. God is for me. And I'm going to stand on that. And that's it. Mm, yeah. I just feel like the best we can do is know what the Bible says about healing and understand it correctly um, with the correct context and then put it into practice and then allow God to continue to reveal stuff based on that experience of going out, praying for people, um, experience getting healing ourselves. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, hearing testimonies. That's another big one. Jeff, just sit down and hear people who don't hear about people who passed away from cancer in three months because it spread for this. And you go and you search your your condition. And it's like, oh, this person, oh, that's the side effect of this cancer. Don't say that. Mm. Go to people who were. Jesus just appeared to them. Jesus healed them. Jesus touched them, you know, and all of a sudden your body's responding. Your body's like, God, you're doing this to me. I'm standing on this. I'm grabbing the hold of this. Yeah. I'm not letting go of this. Yeah. Well, and I was talking to Kelsey O'Malley uh, and um, she was telling me that her brother, her, her brother, her husband, Ryan, he, she's like, he does this thing whenever he feels sickness coming on. And she's like, I swear it's like 10 out of 10 times it works. 
The second he starts feeling, feeling sickness, he's like, nope, I do not invite you to my body. I disagree. I do not invite you to my body. She's like, it works for me sometimes, but for him, he just has like the faith to, to hold to. So now whenever I start feeling sickness, I do that. And it's worked one time that I know of where all of a sudden it was just like, poof, it went away. But even that is just like the acknowledgement that sickness comes from Satan. Yes. Doesn't come from God, you know, and then being able to be bold like that. Absolutely. Know? Send, as I was saying earlier, send it back to the sender. Yeah. And I don't have anything to don't identify with. Yeah, can return to sender. That's it. All this, yeah. my, can you pray for my my migraine? Don't even say the word my. It's not yours. It doesn't belong to you. Do not identify with it, and begin to renew your mind. Even for many people, um, Jeff, it would be great for them to hear this teaching that we shared today. More, I had to when I learned this. Man, I had to hear it more than. Once I was reading scriptures, I was looking at the Old Testament and passages until it settled in me. So even if I pray for someone and they're not healed, even if I see them pass away, which is so sad, but even if I do witness that, it does not change who God is. Yeah. It does not change his identity. It does not change his heart or his mind. Yeah, so good. So good. All right, Yvonne, I would love for you to pray for yes. the listeners. Yes. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Lord. Wherever, wherever you are right now, and even if you're going to hear this later, I just want you to be in a comfortable sitting position and expect something. The moment we begin to pray, expect God to just touch you. It doesn't matter how long you've been sick. It doesn't matter what the doctor said. This is the time where God is asking for permission to touch your body. So lay your hand on that condition and begin to expect something. Don't even pray with me. I want you to receive. So, Father, I just come to you, Lord, in the name of Jesus. Holy Spirit, I invite your presence. Father, I thank you for this special time. And I thank you, Lord, as your kingdom is coming upon all those who are sick in their bodies, Father. Father, in the name of King Jesus right now, I send the word of healing right into their bodies right now, right into their minds, into their emotions, whatever their condition is. Right now, Father, I just send the healing power of Jesus right over them right now and lord we bind sickness and disease and infirmities disorders no matter what it's called and we just release the healing power of jesus i speak directly into their bodies in the name of jesus be healed i command every cancerous cell to shrivel and die right now pain to leave their bodies, blood disorders. I release healing into their blood right now. Arthritis in the name of Jesus, I speak healing and I command it to go and to disappear. Father, in the name of Jesus, I feel a strong um, sense to pray for mental health. Mm -hmm. Father, in the name of Jesus right now, I just thank you and I just ask that you would bring your healing, Father, 
to those that are seeking you mental health conditions in the name of jesus those that are hearing voices in their minds those that are feeling ocd those whatever diagnosis it is lift up your hands right now father i release the healing power of jesus over your saints right now and i just feel a strong presence to pray for suicide father in the name of jesus i bind every demonic spirit of suicide right now and i command it to leave their bodies in the name of jesus depression oppression father in the name of jesus i bind it right now and i command it to lift and to be removed in the name of jesus father i thank you right now as you are healing those from diabetes, high blood pressure, whatever the condition is right now, I hear ringing in the ear. God is healing someone now from ringing in the ear. Blindness in the name of Jesus, I speak to eyes, be open. Deafness in the name of Jesus, ears, be open. I rebuke, um, I rebuke those conditions, blindness, deafness, muteness, Father, in the name of King Jesus. Right now, Holy Spirit, come intensify your presence lord i thank you as you are sending angels right now to bring this healing as you are personally visiting homes right now and touching them i just thank you lord jesus for what you're doing the lord is showing me someone um, with a tumor in the head and you are you, you don't know what to do but the lord says right now this tumor is shriveling and in your next test it will no longer be there i just thank you father for your miraculous healing power that is coming and lord right now i ask that we would repent before you father for just thinking that you inflict sickness and disease we say sorry, Lord. We confess our sin before you, Father. Every thought which separated us from you and made us believe that this is your will, I break those thoughts in the name of Jesus right now. We reinforce your will. We thank you because your will is to heal and save and deliver. We thank you because you are the same yesterday, today, and forever. You are the God who is our healer. So, Father, intensify your presence, Lord, even after the show is over. Father, I just pray that your intense glory would come upon them and it will be healed. They will be healed in the realm of the glory. I just thank you for everyone who is watching, Lord. In the name of Jesus, amen and amen yeah, and amen. Amen. Amen, amen. man. Whew. Yeah. Everybody, let us know your... Um, let us know your testimonies. You can do it in the live chat and the comments. Um, some of you are going to experience this right before our next show, which is our final installment, part four of four next Wednesday. Um, so feel free to, to let us know in the live chat then as well. If you're listening to this, um, Yvonne, thank you so much. This is, this is a, this is a dense, this is dense. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you so much. So um, obviously you have your book, plug the book. Healing the uh, healer. Yeah, so this one that you can get off the website celebratefreedomministries.org. And there's also a physical healing course which trains up um believers who are seeking healing. Either they want to know the truth about divine healing or they have a call to go out and heal the sick and they just are not encouraged. That course is really gonna help them. Awesome, awesome. Well, thank you, honestly, thank you so much. I I I'm just like so blessed that you, you know, you 
came on here and you said yes to doing a series and I just with the amount of work and uh, investment like seriously thank you so much thank like you. I'm just so blessed so blessed by it oh thank you Jeff you're yeah. awesome and this is a pleasure I I love you guys thank you yeah so we much. well we love you so <laughs> thank you. um so everybody that's our show have a blessed Wednesday also there's a donation link at the end elijahfire.com slash donate uh, all donations go towards making this fight, keeping it free at five days a week. And then we're also taking a portion of that over and doing the amazing water well efforts over in Uganda and now Nepal and now Ethiopia and some other places. Um, so uh, that's all because of your guys' donations and, and your generous donations to this ministry. So we thank you guys. Be blessed and we'll see you tomorrow. Bye. This has been Elijah Fire. Thanks for listening. For more episodes like this, you can check out the Elijah Fire podcast on ElijahFire.com, on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. You can watch us live every weekday at 2 p.m. Pacific time on YouTube, Rumble, Twitch, and Facebook. Elijah Fire is presented by Elijah Streams and is part of Elijah List Ministries. Go to ElijahFire.com slash give for more info on how you can donate today. 